Scene 22 Setting Golgotha The Thieves John Chapter 19 Verses 23 to 24 The blackening sky deemed an ominous covering. The people who were unwavering just hours ago in their decision I should be condemned to die. Now coward! under the increasing oppression of the atmosphere. The masses grew restless, but instead of moving as a mob, they began prodding each other much like cattle, panicking when a storm is pending, frantically colliding with one another, pushing their way to shelter. What if this was truly the Son of God? The sheer density of the dark clouds conveyed the impression of thick, heavy mud weighing heavily on their shoulders. The thick, murky air oozed into their ears, their eyes, even into their mouths. The once confident cries of, Crucify him! now felt more like hoarse whispers, muddled with fear, much like a cry in a nightmare when one opens their mouth to scream, but no sound is heard. This is the tone of my final hour before my death. Due to multifactorial pathology, the after-effects of compulsory scourging and maiming, hemorrhage and dehydration, my body is in severe shock. With each laboured breath, I heaved up and down on the nails that bore into my flesh. I felt as if I was being suffocated, asphyxiated, strangled by the weight of my very own body, the body I inhabited in order to walk among my people of Israel, my body, once a blessing to many, now a curse hanging on a tree. I was thinking of you, as I am thinking of you now, when a pernicious envelope closes in around you. When the enemies are hauntingly gruesome and you sense their wicked, evil presence seemingly fenced in with no way out. When the enemy of your soul is pressing down on you with a heaviness on your chest, which makes you feel suffocated and paralyzed, this is the opposite of my presence. My presence is one of peace and will cause you to feel empowered, strengthened, confident, and assured. I am the light of the world. I am the same in the light and the darkness. I will illuminate your darkness. Call upon me, Jesus. In my name, demons flee. The two criminals on either side of me groaned as they were lifted up unto the stationary member of each of their crosses. They had not been scourged. Their faces were recognizable. Each had committed a common crime. As I was being lifted up, with blood running everywhere from my hands, my feet, my face, my head, my back, my chest, one of the criminals cheered at me. And you the Christ? Save yourself and us. I would have looked at them, if my eyes were not so swollen from the beatings, and the pain was not shooting through my body as a lightning bolt, as I hung vertically, causing my weight to bear down on my wounds. 
The irony of being a perfect man crucified between two thieves was not too difficult for me to bear. It was, in fact, the two thieves who faced their own conflict in being crucified next to me. The bickering between people regarding who I am was a common theme as I walked the earth. It is common now to these two thieves drawing conclusions about who I am, arguing even while they are dying on a cross, and even while I am in the midst of them, listening to their discourse. I, of course, could see the hearts of these men. I knew why they were here. I knew why they were condemned to die today. They, however, did not know nor begin to understand why I am here. Would they believe me if I told them I was nailed to a cross because of my great love I have for humanity? Of my great love I have for them? The thief on my left hurled insults at me. If you are the Christ, save yourself and us! How is it that he had the strength to speak at all? The one on my right answered, rebuking the first one. Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? We indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. As they continued the bickering, I thought about the future and destiny of people from now on. There will always remain the same controversy based on my identity. Whenever the name of Jesus is mentioned, until I come again, there will be the conflict of the two thieves. Just as I am experiencing firsthand the squabbling as they hurl their opinions to each other, even as I hang, bleeding and dying between them, millions of people throughout thousands of years will carry on the exact same debate. In churches and out of churches, in Christian cultures and non-Christian cultures, there will be the ongoing dialogue. Who am I? I, of course, will be in the middle of them, stretching out my hands daily for their sakes. And each dispute will be much like these two thieves quarreling about the validity of my claim to be God, even as they are condemned to death, for each person must die like these two criminals, the opposing sides will be quibbling about me, instead of facing their own judgment and certain execution. So many people will miss the point. Me, over and over and over. They will miss the pivotal, crucial point of my mission on earth. To die, so that others may live. As I am lifted up in the middle of sinful humans, I cannot be forgotten or put aside. I cannot be discredited by anyone's opinion of me. I stand forever as God who became man and poured out my life for all those who would receive me. It doesn't matter to me what any person thinks of me. It matters to them. I was thinking of each thief next to me. I knew their thoughts, their actions. I knew when they got up and sat down. I knew when they decided to commit each crime and exactly what drove them to it. I even knew what they would choose at this critical moment. 
Throughout generations I will be the subject of countless conversations. As each conversation occurs, I will be in their midst, right there. I am right there now, as you speak of me, wonder about me, perhaps even make your own opinions of me. My hands will still be stretched out for you, for I was thinking of you, as I am thinking of you now. As one thief began to harden his heart, he held his head high, defiant with pride, as painful as it was. It grieved me so. I did not want him to be separate from me. I wanted him to be in the kingdom of God with me this very day, to join me with my Father in heaven, but I could feel his heart turning to stone. One more chance I was giving him. One more chance, but much like a petrified piece of wood which becomes stone over time, this man's heart had become hard. Each time he had a chance to humble his heart and try to have better life, he had taken another step on the path to darkness. Once his heart had become pliable, like clay, something could be made from it. I thought of his heart when he was just a boy. As any boy, he had curiosity and wonder. He carefully formed a pile of mud into a lion that he could play with. One day, he got beat up by a cruel neighbor boy, and he remembers the day he took his clay lion, threw it onto the ground. It broke into pieces. He made the clay into a stone he could throw instead. This was his first turning point, which started him on a path to hatred and revenge and later crime. I deserve to steal this bread, he muttered to himself as he took his first piece because it is a cruel world. If I don't feed myself, no one will. I could hear his thoughts, which led to the pattern which paved the path to his destruction. I loved him. I would have reached out my hands to him if I could, even my heart to him. But the pliable wood of a boy had become a putrid tomb. His attitude was in such contrast to the criminal on my right. This one could not even look at me. He only stared at the ground near my feet where his shadow was cast. He felt he was not worthy to be crucified next to me. He wished he could withdraw his shadow that dared to touch my feet. Perhaps many times he had heard of me, but he had kept on with his path of crime. Perhaps someone even tried to give him a slice of bread but he felt unworthy to receive such a benevolent gift, as he had so often stolen the same crumb for his own sake. I saw his heart. Is it strange that in my final moments of life in a mortal body I should be considering the thieves on either side of me? The two thieves will reflect the two opposing opinions of me throughout the rest of history. The two thieves' attitudes, one in arrogance, one in humility, warrant attention as these two attitudes will serve as an example of the choice given to each person from this day forward. Who do men and women say that I am? Who do the thieves say I am? One shouts that I am a fraud, while the other acknowledges me as a king 
and begs for mercy. The thief on my right dared to whisper my name. Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Who do you say that I am? This will be the recurring theme throughout generations. It is no mistake that my last interface with humans would be one of two very different sentiments and that this interaction would be one with strangers and thieves. Anyone has a right to call upon me and be saved, even to their last breath. When I said to the one on my right, Truly, I say to you, Today you shall be with me in paradise. Luke chapter 23 verse 43 I exemplified for all times that anyone with a proper heart towards me will have the right to enter the kingdom of God. One does not need to do any work other than to believe in me. One does not have to be baptized or become a church member. One only has to believe that I am the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 verse 16 You might think I am cruel by not letting the thief on my left enter into paradise with me. But this man had many, many chances throughout his life to believe in God. He chose not to believe. Even in his final hour, God had given him one last chance. God is gracious, full of mercy and kindness. He gives a person every chance to come to him. Just as the thieves had secured their fate, one to hell, the other one to heaven, each person must make a decision on their own. Just as I had to bear my cross alone, each person must bear their cross alone, with one exception. I will be there. No one could do this for me. I had created humankind. I must save them from themselves. Throughout the rest of the history of the world, as a church age rises, there will be the same dialogue going on between two thieves. I will be continually stretched out between the two swords of opinion whether they are real swords or a cold war. My death on the cross will be forever in the middle of the war. As each thief speaks his or her mind, their opinions will burn like dry tinder in the flaming fire of my presence and become nothing but ashes in the light of my word. My truth will ultimately burn up the rhetoric. Only a choice counts. Believe who I am or not. Throughout crusades and religious wars, where one person kills another in my name, I will be in the middle, the one who is being slaughtered for their sakes all day long. Throughout fussing and fighting between religious organizations, I will be the common denominator, the only one who has the right to be worshipped. My arms will be continually open to receive Anyone who stops, listens, and with humility casts his or her eyes to the ground in my presence, just like the thief on my right. Each sword that is thrust 
in my name must pierce through me first, as it is now, for I am the true temple. In me is the fullness of Yahweh forever. A church with no walls is my body. A church with no denomination is my body. A church with no doctrine but me, my word is my body. A church who welcomes everyone as guests to a wedding feast is my body. My body is the church, and I am the only one who needs to die for the sins of the world. You should never be punished for your sins by another person. If someone comes to kill you in my name, then he or she is not in fellowship with me, the living God. If someone comes with another doctrine to add to my death on the cross, then he or she is not coming in the name of the Lord. There will be many horrific deeds done in my name throughout the rest of the history of the world, but these acts are much the same as the thieves fighting amongst themselves. I will always be separate. I will infinitely be the one lone saviour of the world. I am not an organization, not an entity. I am a person, a deity, the man, God, who died alone to open a door through my body and my blood for anyone to come into my sanctuary and fellowship with me in peace. As I think of the words and swords that will continue years from now as I hang on this rugged cross, although my body is screaming in pain, I silently remain, steadfast, so that when you are crushed under the weight of someone's false doctrine, or you are caught in the middle of a denomination war, or at the point of someone's wicked religious sword, you will know that I am He, the one who is the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega, the Aleph and Tov. What I started, I will finish the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of your faith. I am the door to paradise and eternal peace. Just as I take the humble thief with me this day to paradise, I will take you. I was thinking of you, just as I am thinking of you now. In all demonstration of religious zealotry throughout all time, the demonstration of my death on the cross is a pivotal point of faith. I am at the center. When you are in pain, afraid and alone, whether you are at the point of death, call upon me, and truly, you will be with me this day in paradise. As I said, where I go, there are many mansions. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let it be afraid. Where I go, I prepare a place for you. John chapter 14 verse 2 I prepare this place for you today, just as I am moments away from the end of my life in human form. As I am at death's door, the door is opening for you to be with me in paradise forever. I am thinking of you.